Money Wise on 938Live. A very good evening. This is Money Wise on 938Live. I'm Keith D'Souza. I'm joined in the studio by Ken T. Ken Chi. I keep always want to say Ken Tay, but he's Ken Chi. He's the co-founder and the CEO of 8 Investment. And I know I promote that we would be talking about IPOs, but what we want to talk about today is how Ken buys companies, goes to bed, wakes up a year later with a 50% capital appreciation. And he's going to dissect some of those companies as well for us. Uh, and of course, welcome to MoneyWise, Ken. Hi, evening, Keith. Hey, by the way, who is Ken Thea? I don't know. It, it's a name that's burnt in my brain. I think he's a reporter on the other side. Okay. Anyhow, it's Ken Chi, uh, you know, CEO and co-founder of 8 Investment. Ken, is it possible, you know, people keep wondering, you know, I want a passive income, generate a passive income from equities or stocks. Yeah. Uh, you seem to say it's possible. You can buy something and within a year generate a 50% capital appreciation. How are you doing this, Ken? Okay, I, 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 it's totally possible. In fact, uh, before the show start, I actually show Keith on the C some of the CPF uh, actually invested in equity itself. And um, within three years, I actually generated about 150% capital return. And that's excluding actually um, dividends. That's and amazing because most people say when they buy, use their CPF investment account, yeah. they see a negative return rather than a positive <laughs> one. But you're generating a positive return. Tell us how it's done. But first and foremost, Keith, mm. you, you, you've seen the statement. Is that true? Yes, it's true. Yes, I saw the statement. Yeah. I saw the name too, but I'm not saying who. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think um, what happened here is I, I want to take about two or three case study that we actually we cover in one event that we have early this year called Value Investing Summit itself. And um, in this summit, once a year, we gather all the well-known value investor on the stage. And over two days, we share real case study and experience. And on our side, we have shared six case study. And interestingly, we share them during February this year. And up to date, when we track them, five out of six companies have generated on average about 50% return. Now, one of the companies actually have a break-even, about, I think, 3 to 4% negative return. But overall, you still get about 40 over, close to 50% return. And I'll take about two or three case study from that event, Value Investing Summit, okay, and actually talk about it and actually show you and dissect how actually we invest as a value investor. Okay. Uh Okay, let's take, I guess, uh, one of your favorite companies has always been, since you've been on the show, a Vicom. Yeah. Okay, Okay. very safe company. Yeah. You know, if you want to generate, uh, before we talk about Vicom yeah. and, you know, the super copy companies <laughs> and, of course, uh, a whole bunch of other things, okay. uh, is it possible, Ken, you know, just to, for the sake of argument, do things just on a safe basis, mm -hmm. or do you take any risks? Um, we take calculated risks. I think I think in all investment, to be to be fair, there's risk. Uh, it's just that the risk and reward. So when you come to a point where you understand what you're investing in and you have the knowledge to actually to measure them, and understanding the things that you invest in, your risk itself is going to be very 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 low, especially when the market gives you a very very ridiculous price. Versus the actually the potential return you're going to get from that investment you're going to go into. 
So, I, I, I mean, I give one good example. Let's say if you invest in Vicom right now and we value Vicom right now, let's say per share is about maybe two, example, close to $3. And the market offer you at 20 cents. And you know that today if Vicom closed down, they liquid everything, solve their, the land, their, the machinery, and return back the cash to all the shareholders, you'll get more than 20 cents per share. So, the risk is virtually zero. It's very low. So, but your return is actually potentially very high. But of course, um, when would the market offer you at a, a ridiculous price of 20 cents? It's your guess and my guess. But when the crisis comes, when everybody panic and rush out of the door, throw the logic out the window, that is the time that you should seriously look at good companies. Okay. Yeah. So you were talking about uh, Value Investing yes. Summit, uh, yeah. which you conducted earlier this year. Yeah. So you did a whole slew of companies there, yeah. but for time yeah. constraints, we'll do as many as we can. <laughs> we'll try and do two. Okay. Let's talk about the Vicom. You want to dissect Vicom as yeah. to why it's such a favorite stock of yours? Okay, uh, first and foremost, we need to understand that um, what business Vicom is in. Vicom is basically an inspection testing okay, business where they focus on vehicle inspection and now they also have a building inspection business um, itself. And in, as a Singapore driver, you know, I, I, because I own my car more than three years so I, have to, I received a letter from LTA and it stated very clearly it's based on the traffic act that I need to send my car for inspection before I can renew my road tax and actually insurance, right? But they, they, very, they did it very smartly. They didn't tell you where you must send your car for inspection. But if you leave up the overleaflet, right, overleaf of the instruction, right, you will see the location for inspection center. And there are three companies actually provide this service. The first one is actually, of course, Vicom. Second one is actually J, I think it's J-I- JTC or J uh, something. And another one is STA. Indeed. Okay. Vicom have five outlet STA have two outlet okay and uh, I think the, the another company actually I can't remember J something okay have two outlet but not a lot of people know that actually Vicom owns 78% share of the third company so effectively Vicom actually has seven outlet out of nine inspection center okay in the whole Singapore now and they are monopoly and when we take the number of actually number of cars inspected by Vicom versus the national vehicle being inspected inspected on a yearly basis, Vicom actually inspected seventy percent of vehicles, all vehicles in Singapore. Now I'm an entrepreneur too. I'm a business person, and if I have a fifteen percent market share, I will call myself maybe a market leader. But when you have seventy seventy percent market share, I call you a dragon head. I call you a monopoly. Okay, and this monopoly is governed by laws and regulation. You have to send it for inspection. So it's very strong business model. Okay, so that's one point from a business point of view. And next thing here is a lot of people say that, but Ken, there's a slowdown in actually a car, uh, a car on a vehicle on the road. The government just allowed one point five percent or zero half of that to grow for the the next two or three years. All you have to do is gaze outside and how long it takes to get to, <laughs> on, on you know during peak hours. Yeah. Okay. But something very interesting, when government actually limit the, uh, the vehicle growth itself, there's something called the COE. And when the COE, I mean, when you limit the number of COE in a road, okay, the naturally the COE prices going to go skyrocket up. That's why we see recently the COE prices have been like breaking like 90,000 open category, you know, for above 1,600 uh, 1, CC. And that's a good thing because I, kn I know Singaporean behavior, just like myself. They will keep their cars. Yeah. Last time when the COE is cheap, before three years old, they changed the car, changed a new car because COE is very cheap. But now because COE is very expensive, they will keep uh, as long as possible and maybe, you know, make sure that it's 
it is worthwhile for the COE to drop. So when they keep it longer, they have to send a car for inspection. So we see a very strong reoccurring model for Viacom just from a business model point of view. We were talking, that is from the outside view looking in. It looks as to why the company may a good, be a good bet from the outside. But from the inside, Ken will tell us more as to why he thinks uh, a company like Viacom, uh, you know, will stand the test of time. You're listening to Money Wise on 938 Live. I'm Keith D'Souza. I'll be back in just a moment. 938 Live. 938 Live. Gets you talking. Money Wise on 938 Live. Welcome back to Money Wise on 938 Live. I'm Keith D'Souza. I'm joined this evening by Ken Chi. He's the CEO and the co-founder of 8investment, talking about how a passive, well, you can generate a passive income through the investment in stocks and equities. And uh, he's been showing Janice and myself, who are in the studio, how much he's generated over... How many years, Ken? Three years. Over three years. It's very, very impressive. 669-11938 is our number if you want to get in on the conversation. And, of course, what you hear on our program is for information only. If you feel the need to act on any of this uh, information, please contact your financial advisor. Let's see who we have on the line. Good evening. Well, call us back. Call if you can and do it in the next four minutes before we head into uh, headline news, sports and business. So, Ken, you were telling us about the company Vicom we haven't really dissected the company before yeah on the from the outside looking in it looks like a good business proposition yeah. you know they've got a basic monopoly on everything yeah people are keeping their cars longer yeah. or for or even longer than the 10 years yeah. that they're supposed to be on the road yes but money wise within the company yeah. and according to their financial report yeah still looking good Ken okay before I go into the f uh, finance number or ratio or anything right um, I have talked I have talked about the business model so this is the first R we talk about because usually we have a three R model okay, okay. you talked about the first R yeah, yeah. Right. the first okay. R is the right business model so okay. we love the business model the second R is the management so I, I went to visit uh, Vicom H HQ that's about I think uh, two years ago and I met up the ex-CEO I tell you this guy's amazing he's, he's ex-military general to took over Vicom by the way Vicom is owned by ComfortDelGro 68% mm -hmm. or 69% sure. right so and when I walk into the HQ I tell you I love this company you know why they're so frugal everything inside their office is so frugal and real army like yes they, <laughs> he run it like a tight ship you know and no nonsense and and you can see that he re they really treat the shareholder money, okay, as like their own money. They take care of it very, very well. Yeah. So, um, and after speaking to the management, I, f I feel the integrity of the management is really very good. Because why? One of the things that later on you, I'll show you is they actually give up consistently, give up high dividend. That means they make a dollar on net profit. They'll give up 50 cents to the shareholder as dividends. So, and this is consistent over the years, right? So they don't keep a lot of cash to themselves and not doing anything. So, so they, they, in that part itself, I think they're very, very shareholder friendly. Okay? So I'll, I'll show you right next is actually the numbers. Let's look from the inside. So let's look back about f uh, five years to six years ago. Okay? From 2004, the revenue was actually 45 million. And the last financial year is 2011. It actually grew up to 90 million. It's 100% one, increase. And steadily, consistently, uh, it's not like a uh, roller coaster ride or up and down. You know? It's like, I can give you a figure rather off here. 0445 million, 0549 million, 0655 million, 0763 million, 0872 million, 0977 million, 0201083 million, 84 million, 2011 90 million. 
all these are consistent, generally, very, very gentle increase, but surely increase one. And when we come to 2012, now they are on the second half, they have passed two quarter. Mm-hmm. Just the first two quarter alone, they already surpassed the last, uh, as compared to the, the, the first two quarter of la- last, last year. year. And in fact, if we actually average out, we multiply by four, this year the financial itself, they will actually increase more than, they will actually do better than 90, 90 million they have done last year. We, just, we actually estimated about, they will do about 95 to 96 million this year, just on business alone. So how much is that going to get into your pocket, Ken? <laughs> I mean, you know, Keith, I'm just very happy that, you know, when I bought it uh, during during the crisis time, they're giving up very, very good dividends to me right now. Every year, it's about 10 to 12% dividend you. So, fantastic. It's a, it's a great company. It's a cash count company. And let me share with you, my listeners, Ken was just telling me that uh, this passive income he has generated from this particular counter pays for his mortgage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> covers for covers his uh, HDB mortgage. mortgage. Yeah, every month. 669-11938 is the number if you want to speak to Ken and ask him about how you can get into generating a passive income from stocks even with the roller coaster market that we have how he does it and uh, why you should be thinking of doing this give us a call 6691938 you're listening to moneywise on 938 live we'll be back after headline news sports and business 938 live gets you talking moneywise on 938 live Welcome back to Money Wise on 938 Live this Monday evening. I'm Keith D'Souza and I'm speaking with Ken Chi. He's the co-founder and the CEO of 8 Investment. We're talking all about generating a passive income from stocks. And according to the statements that uh, Ken has been showing us, Janice Teo is totally mesmerized and she has fallen into this hook, line, and sinker. Okay, we were talking about uh, Vicom and uh, the aesthetics of it all. It has a good business model, which is the first R. The management, you said, looked wonderful because of its frugal nature when yeah. you walk through the hallways. Yeah. What's the third R? The third R, right now, we have to look at a company's financial status of health. Okay. So just now, I actually touched on actually the revenue. So um, the revenue show that actually have been increasing steadily and it's from 2004, 45 million all the way to 90, 90 million to 2000, 2011. And we already stayed down that 2012, we're expecting it to actually to uh, achieve about 94 to 95 millions. And, but the net profit actually, they have been staying above 25% on a year to year basis for the longest time for about last four to five years, which is very, very good. And, but the general cost of, uh, the general admin uh, cost, Yet we discover have been going down. So what this means is you have the revenue going up, net profit is uh, hover steadily at twenty five or twenty six percent range, but the expenses keep going down. So what what does it mean? It, it means that the management is very good in containing costs and they're very productive. Let's, let's talk about the cost uh, issue. Yeah. That means half of or most of their operations are automated. That means they work with a skeleton staff because normally companies uh, use a huge amount of, mm. uh, of their revenue or their capital mm. in paying staff costs. Yes, correct. Does that mean they work on a skeleton staff? I think, I think if you go to the Viacom Center, which I went uh, about early this year. I, I went s- on Saturday and it was queued up till the... <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, that's Thank you so point. much for supporting Michael. <laughs> <Okay, okay. laughs> Instead of going to STA. <laughs> <Thank Okay. you. laughs> 
I have to say this because I own the business part right. of it, right? So now, uh, yeah, uh, there's there's a, there's a semi automation I think, but you still need the staff to actually to be be there to actually service. I think basically this business is a service business. So um, and um, you don't need the uh, most advanced technology to actually and to change this technology every year to maintain your operation. So that's what we call capital expenditure. So it's very simple. A semi-automated machine can use for a long time. You maintain it well with good staff. You just keep on rolling. And you know what? What I love about this business is they can able to pass the inflation cost to the consumer. So what this means is because they have a monopoly status, they can actually have a, they are the price leader rather than price taker in the market. So that's just one company, Ken. That's not, but not done be, yet. Okay, not done yet. Yeah, okay. yeah. What else not done is, yet. Yeah. Okay. And interestingly, if you look deeper into this company, this company have no debt. Okay. Zero debt. So what this means is, if let's say tonight, if anything happened to the US or Euro, I, I don't know what could happen, right? The, the China and everybody panic. Tomorrow, the bank can't, come, can't go to Viacom and actually ask for any, any, any callback of loan. And this put them in a very, very stable and very strong position because this company constant, consist, consistently generate cash. And how much cash do they have? Let's look here. 2004, they have $8.1 million cash. And all the way to 2011, they have $46.2 million cash. Bearing in mind that every year, they give up 50% of their net profit as a dividend. And they still can retain so much cash with no borrowing. And um, they have not actually called for right issue. And they did not dilute shareholder itself. I think this company is great. I think it would be nuts if anybody don't, do not want to own this company if the market give you a ridiculous price. I would like to actually own 100% of this business because it's a cash cow business itself. Okay, Ken, that's just one company. Yeah. How many other companies are there that are similar to this? Can they be found? You know, this may be the jewel in the crown of this whole uh, index. Yeah. How about uh, SIA Engineering? Okay. So they service all the plane for SIA. Okay, and also have a market, it's a monopoly. Okay, another company is called actually, uh, but this company recently we are, we're looking carefully, but um, I'll, I'll give you one company actually in, in the market scene, which I'm going to touch on the second one. By the way, if you're interested, go to valueinvestingsummit.com just to take a look because of, for this event because all these companies are covered on this event and a lot of investors are making good money. Second company I want to touch on is actually Hourglass. Okay. Yeah. So the luxury uh, retailer, why? Established in 1979, let's look at look, look back at history. Now you have um, you, have, you have a stable of actually 50 brands across, across six countries in Asia Pacific, and you have a total 26 retail points, 13 in Singapore, four in Malaysia, four in Thailand, three in Australia, one in Hong Kong, and one in Japan. What I like about them is they don't have a presence in China, right? And the chairman was the the, the basically the chairman basically said they said, hey look, guys, we are not going to China yet because we are not good in China. So a lot of people actually rush into China and actually pay a tuition fee, but the management here is very careful, they're very conservative, they go into the market, they actually they think that they can actually have a foothold and actually establish a strong relationship with their customers. This is what I like about them. And started in 1979 and they've been growing very well, you know, from a very small shop and today a multi-brand outlet, you know, which 26 outlet across Asia Pacific. And this number is fantastic. And our glass is, instead of buying their watches, why don't you buy their shares? Okay, hold that no, hold that thought, Ken. Uh, you're listening to MoneyWise on 938 Live. We'll be back in the final stretch in just a moment. 938 Live. 938 Live. Gets you talking. MoneyWise on 938 Live. Into the final stretch of MoneyWise on 938 Live. I'm Keith D'Souza speaking this evening with Ken Chi. He's the CEO 
and the founder of Eight Investment. And we're talking about generating a passive income from the proper selections of proper companies according to Ken, the Bible according to Ken. So Ken, we were talking about the hourglass. What is it about the hourglass that you like? What I really love is actually um, how they're able to pass this business. It's a family business owned by the Tay family, right? And uh, started with Jenny Tay and Michael, uh, no, and um, what's the founder name? Uh, Henry Tay, yes. Right, uh, sorry, I should address is um, Jenny Tay is no longer Jenny Tay. <laughs> sorry. Let's, we digress, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, the yeah, the right. fundamentals of the yeah. business, yes. But what I like, uh, what I love is they actually have a very good management in place to actually bring the business to next level. Especially, I mean, watching the, the second generation, which is Michael Tay, which is son, able to actually bring the, the uh, reconstruct the business to actually experiential uh, feelings. And uh, when you walk into a latest outlet for Hourglass in uh, Paragon, Take a closer look and actually see it, how you convert into a galleries and actually museum. It's a total total feeling together. So it's not just selling a watch; it's selling you a really a very powerful feeling concept here, there. But what I would also love about this business is um, those people who buy such expensive watches, the ultra high net worth individual. When the market is good, good time. I mean, they make a lot of money. When the market is bad. It doesn't affect this ultra high net worth individual because they still have a lot of money. So the market is very resilient there for them. So basically, it's a niche market yes. that yes. this uh, yes. particular company serves. Yes. And we, we also noticed for the past last two years, uh, the revenue actually actually went up quite interestingly. They started off in 2005, let's say, I take a 335 million revenue turnover. All the way to 2012, they almost doubled to uh, 607 million. And the last two years was actually alarming. It's actually from 2011 to 2012. Last year was actually, uh, no, last year was actually 570 million, increased close to about 80 million to 90 million after the IR was built. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we so have you a, need to have, in case, instead of <laughs> taking out cash, perhaps you buy it, buy a luxury product. I, I, I'm not too sure. I think the high ruler, or they call it the whale, come in and actually uh, win, win a lot of money. And what did they do? They splurge on actually luxury items. I mean, one of them will be luxury watches. So, uh, I mean, this was actually contained in the report by actually Henry Tay, and he, he actually thanked the, the, the resort for it. And... But what we look at actually, if you look very carefully on the share price, right? From 05, it was 30 cents, 06 increased, and 06, 40 cents, 07, 60 cents, 2008 went up to a dollar, 2009, it came down to 55 cents, and 2010 went up to about 80 cents. Now, there's a period from 09 to 2010, you have a good opportunity to buy. In fact, the lowest it went down to 2009 was 30 cents during a subprime. But actually, when we track back, what happened in 09 is they have a one-time loss. They write off in one investment in a Gem, Gem TV company. It's a listed company. They write it off. and you know. But the, the core business is still running very well. So what I want to share this is sometimes some business, they can commit mistake once, but they, they doesn't affect them long term. But market reacted and punished them. That is the time to buy them. Okay, Ken. So yeah. the fundamentals of these businesses seem to be okay. Do they have debt? Like you said, very little debt. Actually, in fact, uh, this company long-term debt. No, uh, virtually long-term debt is zero. No debt. So is that what you are advocating? Can look for companies with very little or no debt, and have a proper business model. How many of them are there out there? If we're looking at with. Well, we're talking about in their teens. This is the second board company, yeah. you, know, you know? Yeah, so if you really want to know, I strongly suggest, I suggest that you attend my Value Investing Summit. <laughs> All right, you will have to pay for us. <laughs> so, okay, Value Investing Summit. You were talking, you talked about two. There are six case studies yes, up there right, that right. you can take a look and yeah. peruse. Yeah. 
What else is looking good for you? You were talking about the Super Copy Mix again. Is, that, is your favorite uh, no. company at one time? No, yeah, we but uh, we've invested in that company. Mm-hmm. I think the valuation is very rich right now. I think, in fact, uh, after the FNN uh, issue, I think there's an FNN F and B surge these days. Right. So I don't think that you know fundamentally. I mean, over the long term, I still look good in this sector because it's a consumable item itself, right? So. But I think in the short term, the fundamental didn't change that much to warrant that kind of actually rich valuation at the moment. We're not selling it, but we're not buying it. We're not adding positions. So just be careful, you know, based on its market sentiment. No, this just feel good, right? Okay. Yeah. Since we have uh, opened the door to the F&B sector, in yeah. about a minute and a half, Ken, what is that to you? Is it a flash in the pan right now because of all the interest that has been generated with the FNN saga? Mm-hmm. So are all F&B outlets, are people training their interest there, hoping that there will be some form of merger or acquisition? No, I, 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 think, I think there's some very good F&B uh, business listed in Singapore Stock Exchange have been actually fair value, undervalued for a long time. And I think because of market sentiment of volatility and, I mean, investors are not looking at them and, you know, stay stay away from them. But from the business point of view in the market where their competitors see it, they see it actually right now maybe it's a good opportunity, especially they're flush with cash and they are doing a merger acquisition. We're seeing this from actually the, the Thai beer, you know, making a move on FNN, making a move on APB. So, and Henneken decided to actually come in and actually just say, no, this is my turf and you're not going to come in, right? So, actually, suddenly just is a wake-up call and a catalyst to actually to let people realize, hey, there are actually other, like, uh, you have Singh, you know? Indeed. Yeah, so they have been staying in the radar for too long and this is what value investing all about, you know? They can stay under value, but, you know, once the value being recognized, that's it. You know, people will come in as big company and fund managers come in and just buy them out itself. Yeah. But I just want to share, if you really want to be interested to know, go to valueinvestingsubmit.com. Okay. If you want to get a special rate, give us a call, okay, on the website. Okay, you will get a special rate. And just say that you are actually 938 listener. We'll give you a special rate. Because you're a good friend, I'll let you sell Koyo here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. On that note, uh, <laughs> on that note, that's been MoneyWise on 938 Live. We've been speaking with Ken Chi. He is the CEO and the founder of 8 Investment. We were talking all about generating a passive income from the investing in the proper kind of counters on the market. And of course, uh, if you'd like more information, you can drop me a line at our official 938 Live uh, site on Facebook. My name's Keith D'Souza. Thank you for listening. This has been Money Wise on 938 Live.